This is Toledo Symphony Lab, a behind-the-scenes look at the world of classical music from WGTE Public Media and your Toledo Symphony. I'm Brad Cresswell. Joining me today are the Toledo Symphony's president and CEO, Zach Vassar, principal second violin and artistic administrator, Merwin Sue, and the TSO's marketing director, Felicia Canny. We have a very special guest with us today, and Zach, I'm going to defer to you and let you introduce Oh, our I'm guest. very excited about our guest today. Our guest today is is Pat Appled, who is a wonderful fan of uh, orchestral music and art in Toledo, and uh, has a special connection to uh, one of the topics that we'll be discussing today, the wonderful guitarist we'll be performing with this weekend at the Valentine. This concert is happening at uh, 2 o'clock in the afternoon at the Valentine Theater. It's this Saturday, March 30th. Uh, the title of the concert is actually the title of the wonderful guitar concerto that we're going to hear, the Concierto de Aranuez by Joaquin Rodrigo. First of all, welcome to you, Pat. Thank you for joining us. Thank you. And uh, you have a connection to this guitarist. I know you, you have a story you want to tell about the guitarist. Do you have an, an interest in the guitar in general, or is it just in this this particular instance? Well, that's that's a question I hadn't ever thought about. I my husband bought me a guitar once. I was inspired. I was going to oh, take wow. lessons, but it never it broke before I got anywhere with it. But you know, you can put those strings back on. No, it was the neck. Oh, oh that's really hard. Do, do we want to super glue that? Do you want to tell us how that happened? Or? No, 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 no. I don't even remember. What, what exactly lost, did Jim lost do? In the annals of time. Um, but I, I have always. Um, loved classical guitar. My husband, on the other hand, likes country, mm-hmm. but uh, uh, the twang, the Nashville, but uh, you can el- take that out. <laughs> <laughs> no, we don't take anything out here. <laughs> One of the first concerts that I ever went to as a young person was classical guitar oh, up yeah. in oh, Michigan at my hometown. So um, it's kind of caught my ear mm-hmm. ever since. Mm-hmm. And my husband and I like to now go spend some time in Florida, and we were driving around this little town where we kind of hang out, and I heard this fabulous guitar yeah. music coming, and the windows were down in the car, you know, it's Florida, and I said, we we have to drive back. So we came back down the street and, and sort of traced where it was coming from, and it was coming from this little bistro, and... So I, I got him to stop at the car and park, and I jumped out of the car and went and saw this man playing for for entertainment in this wow. bistro. And it was kind of surreal because he's all in black, and he's very dark, and uh, he is from Cuba, and so he has that coloring. Mm-hmm. And um, the lights are dim, and the people are, you know, there, and... And I was quite enchanted, and so it was toward the end of the set, and um, there, there were people starting to depart. And I went. He was on a porch of this bistro, so I went. I was couldn't couldn't stop myself, and <laughs> I had to know. So I like sort of burst into this <laughs> main part of the restaurant and said, "Who is that?" And they told me, and he all this that I'm telling you. He was from Cuba. He was the fi- one of the finest guitarists in the world. Of course, later on, I said to myself, what is he doing in, in right. Florida? But, yeah. um, th- and that he, he was the friend of the owner, and therefore, that's how the c- 
connection was made that he was performing there. And he performed there every Friday night, and every Friday night we were there um, in Florida, we we were at the bistro to hear him. You have to wonder, did did the other people who were there know what they were hearing the the quality and they knew he was something special yeah uh, because he played a mix of my favorite is besame mucho mm-hmm. but oh, yeah. th- that type of and cuban things and people um would get up and dance this this uh, i suppose it's like a folk dance of cuba i, c- mm-hmm. I couldn't ever c- quite pick it up but it, you move around and it was it was quite enchanting, really, yeah. uh, the whole experience. But I think they knew they when he left there, they were they were quite distressed. He he's relocated now, but yeah. What is it like to hear him perform with an orchestra? I know uh, that he appeared with a symphony a couple of years ago, right? Three years. I and think. do yeah. you see um, do you see something similar in the audience? I unfortunately wasn't at that that performance. I was very nervous. Yeah, for him. Um, because, I, of course, I wanted him to do well. I knew he would. I knew he would. But um, I, I think when I looked around, we sat toward the back, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, I looked around at the audience, and they seemed quite rapt. Mm-hmm. <laughs> There's something so intimate about the classical guitar, and uh, I think rapt is a perfect word for it because it, it forces you more than some instruments to, to kind of lean in. Absolutely, I and, was going to use that. Yeah, yeah. It, I don't know why. I don't it, because you know you think about a violin. No offense, Merwin. Um, it, it, <laughs> or the kazoo. It, or, no, <laughs> no offense, Felicia. Felicia. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it, you know, the, these are um, these are uh, flashy instruments mm-hmm. that that mm-hmm. project themselves. But the the classical guitar, by by nature and by character, is a is a very personal sound. It's delicate, mm-hmm. yeah, it's like a really delicate sound. And when yeah. you're you're plucking the strings of a violin. I mean, it's it's something similar, I think, but there's like a different sound that comes out of the guitar because well, of the body. Yeah, yeah, and it carries with it the weight of, uh, you know, all the music that's come behind it and yeah, different culture, styles yeah. and yeah. colors right. of music. And even when we began, Pat, you were talking about, you know, your husband and country guitar versus classical guitar. They're, they're both uh, acoustic, can be acoustic mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. guitars, but they have all of that, you know... The tradition. Uh, of yeah. their yeah. tradition yeah. Yeah. behind them. And the violin... Mm-hmm. You know, it has a lot of it traditions. It has its own too. traditions. I mean, there's, you well, know. I, I would say, though, that th- there's something to be said about this folk tradition that the guitar mm-hmm. naturally has. Mm-hmm. And uh, you think about everything from the, the wandering minstrels to uh, you know, folk music and, and country and western. And, and, and this music is very similar, is it, it always tells a story. Uh, whereas the violin can be, uh, you know, a dancing instrument. Think about the fiddle. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the folk element here is very mm-hmm. alive. The and, history. Yeah. Isn't isn't the guitar one of the earliest, or a form of the guitar, the lyre, perhaps? Or? Mm-hmm. Absolutely, yeah. It has, yeah. you know, just so many different so many different ways to evoke a culture mm-hmm. and it's it really is one of the instruments that really spans so many different cultures so the piece that we will be performing um has this beautiful uh second movement to it and i i have a personal connection with uh this combination of instruments it's um it opens with the guitar strumming and then the english horn comes mm-hmm. in oh, yeah. and um when i first fell in love with uh, classical guitar and oboe (laughs) i distinctly remember this was uh, an undergrad and i was making i was trying to make an oboe read in dr bentley's office at bgsu (laughs) i don't know if you know him but he's been he was there a long time ago um 
and he had this uh, this CD that was all all oboe, all classical guitar, and I think there was also flute in there as well. And it's just a beautiful combination of instruments. It's really nostalgic sounding and just gorgeous, and just like draws you in. And as I was like whittling away at my oboe reed, <laughs> it just kept like swirling in my head, and it's just really beautiful. It's, yeah. You're talking about the melody of the, the Adagio yes. movement, w- which he also turned into a song uh, later called Aranoez Ma Pensée, mm-hmm. my, my Thoughts, mm-hmm. that, uh, yeah, has a very personal connection for him as well. Yeah. I want to go back and talk uh, just briefly about the guitarist, uh, Gerardo Perez Capdevila. Uh, you told this wonderful story, Pat, about hearing him playing in Florida. Can, can you fill in the gaps then? How did he end up in Toledo? Of course, uh, you know, any um, entertainer in a bistro has CDs to sell. And I, of course, paid far too much, but bought one (laughs) and brought it back and was playing it in the car all the time Mm -hmm. when I was driving and um, thought, this, this, he is a concert guitarist quality. And so I shared with a friend in the symphony administration and it kind of went from there, mm-hmm. uh, yes, and they vetted him. Um, mm-hmm. And before, and I was very f- pleased and honored and, and gratified that um, he met the expectations of, uh, of bringing him to Toledo. Yeah. It, yeah. Was, it was very interesting because that season he was playing a, a concerto by Manuel Ponce. Mm-hmm. And so... A uh, concerto that's m- maybe not one of the top three or four in terms of the guitar repertoire, so a little bit off the beaten track. And that he also, I think, I believe he performed that same concerto in North with the North Carolina Symphony that year. In Charlotte. Uh, yeah. Was it Charlotte? Yeah. Okay. Uh, all those cities in the Carolinas, they really blend together. <laughs> <laughs> kind of like uh, Canada. Yeah. Just exactly like, <laughs> yeah. there's only one city in Canada. It's very different. That's actually what I imagine. <laughs> <laughs> of course. Um, but it was, a, it was a really, really mesmerizing performance just because I think um, for so many people, it was kind of a, a real sense of discovery. You're discovering both the, both the, the, the individual voice, the guitarist who's performing, as well as this great piece. And it was a really, really interesting um, kind of a, a, a musical adventure. So I, I have fond memories of that. Well, we're going to take a quick little break here. It is fundraising time at WGTE. And uh, even if you're listening to us as a podcast and it's weeks after the uh, the fact... Uh, Any time is a good time to donate to public radio. The phone number is 866-380-4664 or go online to WGTE.org. When we come back, we'll talk more about the uh, guitar stylings of uh, Gerardo Perez Capivia, and we'll also talk about some of the other pieces that are on the program this weekend. Again, that is uh, Saturday, March 30th, 2 o'clock in the afternoon at the Ballantyne Theater in downtown Toledo. And we'll also have a little guitar quiz. Lots of stuff to look forward to here on Toledo Symphony Lab. And we're back. It's Toledo Symphony Lab. I'm Brad Cresswell. And still in the studio with me, nobody has left during the break. We still have Zach Vassar, we still have Merwin Sue, we have Felicia Canny, and our special guest, Pat Appold, who is a friend of the arts and 
come in today and talk with us about this wonderful guitarist that you happen to hear, Pat, down in Florida, and you've made the connections so that uh, he was introduced to Toledo audiences, and that is Gerardo Perez Captavila. He's performing one of the great guitar concertos of the, the 20th century, and really of all time, that Concerto de Aranjuez by Joaquin Rodrigo, and this is really one of the best-known uh, guitar concertos out mm-hmm. there with orchestra. I would say it is the best known, and I think that it's it's amazing because um, Rodrigo tells this story of being um, invited to write this and basically having the the iconic theme from the second movement basically spring into his head, fully formed. Yeah. Just and to be able to conceive of a melody that just captures the imagination so so vividly, just right on the spot. It's an amazing gift. Yeah, and, and it's interesting. Then he went and filled in the, the last movement, and yeah. then he went back, and, then, and the first movement was the one that gave him the most trouble, you know, the, the yeah. most, trouble, the most mm-hmm. challenging that he filled in. It should be said for people who don't know that Joaquin Rodrigo was, was blind mm-hmm. from the age of three, and mm-hmm. so he composed with a Braille typewriter. Mm-hmm. And if you look at his manuscripts of his music, it's all in Braille. It's mm-hmm. really interesting. Oh, wow. yeah. To uh, to see that and, and just remarkable the amount of music he was able to write, given that disability of being blind. I mean, you think of some composers like Beethoven and, and Foray and others who went deaf mm-hmm. uh, later in their lives. You know what a handicap that would be for a composer, but also somebody who's who's facing the adversity of not being able to see to write down the notes. You know, he was able to overcome that. And in fact, he credited his blindness with getting him into music. Hmm. Like that was the gateway for him to become the uh, the composer and the musician that he was. Just a remarkable I think one of the story. things that's fascinating is that at the time, I mean, Braille was maybe about 50 years old yeah. at that at that point it's and in terms of kind of adaptation to music notation, it was still, you know, I mean, it wasn't a, f- a fully formed music notation system. Yeah. So, so I think that as the score as the scores evolved, he was able to communicate more and more information through a Braille system. But just imagine, you know, be, having to kind of dictate note by note, instrument by instrument um, for, for an orchestration like this. It's, it's, wow. a, it's a really kind of just the mental gymnastics. It's like mm. people who are playing three-dimensional chess in their brains or something. There's yeah. something of that element when you imagine him um, kind of creating an orchestration and having to notate it in this way. Yeah, and Rodrigo also responsible for just wonderful, beautiful music. And he wrote a few guitar concertos, and not just for one guitar. There's one out there for four different mm-hmm. guitars. Mm-hmm. You know, he wrote a great harp serenade as mm-hmm. well. That's a beautiful and, uh, piece. Yeah, just wonderful, wonderful music. Uh, Pat, do you know this this uh, Concierto de Aranjuez? I mean, that's a pretty popular guitar piece. Enough to know that it's really familiar because we've all heard parts of it or yeah. s- melodies, and yet hearing it with a symphony orchestra, this is something with with all music to me mm-hmm. with the symphony is that it can be a familiar piece, but you hear so much interpretation every time it's played, yeah. and I think this Rodrigo uh, piece is that way. You'll mm-hmm. hear it differently every time, and it's always beautiful because mm-hmm. and it has something to connect with with what's in 
in your knowledge, general knowledge. Yeah. When you listen to it, you don't realize how Spanish you are until, you, <laughs> you know, until you've listened to it a little bit. I mean, the, the, it kind of, um, there, there are hints of uh, flamenco music, um, yeah. Andalusian music. Um, but that central, central movement just, I think, speaks to everybody's experience. But there's something about it that is, um, it, it, it's, it's more nostalgic uh, a theme than a sentimental theme. Mm-hmm. And it's beautiful because of its nostalgia than what could be considered... Um, it's certainly gr- not over the top. Yeah, in any way. yeah. yeah. And, and so there's this wistfulness about it. And, and you know it when you hear it. And I can't think of many other pieces that achieve it. Yeah, it's not, again, difference between guitar and violin. It's not like mm-hmm. an, a, a virtuosic showpiece, mm-hmm. you know, for the guitar. It's a piece that's built on melody. It's a piece that's yeah. built on harmony, and it really has a, a song-like quality right. to it. And and I, I I discovered years after knowing the Rodrigo original, the um, the Miles Davis adaptation on his album Sketches of Spain, mm-hmm. and uh, Gil Evans was a mastermind orchestrator, and he brought. Uh, Rodrigo's music into a very different world where Miles Davis is now uh, playing trumpet to Rodrigo's guitar and and the rest of the orchestration is slightly different but it's it's also beautiful in its own way um, very different and for my friends who are jazz fans but not necessarily classical fans they think that's one of the greatest compositions ever and I take great pride in pointing out that you know in my my nerdiest <laughs> moment possible that it was not the original nerdiest adaptation yeah, yeah. I don't know. That was really That's... the nerdiest moment possible. <laughs> yeah! <laughs> okay. I have to go out and get my pocket protector and my old glasses. And, <laughs> right. you know, and, there are uh, a lot of moments to choose from, right? <laughs> <laughs> Interestingly enough, I, I, um, it's one of those times where you can play somebody the original, yeah. and despite knowing something else that they're more familiar with, they do sit down and say, wow, this is really yeah. beautiful. I had no idea. Well, and it's also been heard, uh, you know, in the media and television and movies and things like that. And I think you alluded to that a little bit, Pat, that people have heard it before. Mm-hmm. It'll certainly be familiar to them. And they'll want to hear it again. Yeah. I think I feel that about the piece. I, yeah. I'm always happy when I hear it because, mm-hmm. oh, it's yeah. there it is. Yeah. Well, yeah. I, I think yeah. that the kind of the story of the genesis of it really kind of, you know, ties into that because... Um, it, this has always been a kind of a favorite time period of music for me, kind of the time after the end of the First World War, when the Second War, Second World War starts to become not just imminent but inevitable. Mm-hmm. And, and Rodrigo is sitting with friends drinking wine, and they are fully aware that this might be one of the last peaceful evenings mm-hmm. that they're sharing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You wow. know, and it's, I mean, the, you know, Rodrigo at you know, up until just a few, well, maybe a dozen months before, a few months, is, maybe I was wrong with that, but it's, he was in Paris, and so he was and escaping to Spain, but I don't think anybody, anybody who was informed throughout Europe really felt that there was really that many areas of sanctuary. Yeah. And so there's this sense that, you know, this is coming from this moment that is, something that they're going to want to return to because they know that they're few and far between. And the wistfulness, I think, is, you know, as much a part of that 
kind of that origin story of the piece. Yeah, this was nineteen what thirty eight. I think like the it? meeting that they that they had was in nineteen thirty nine, and he was started writing yeah. it then. I think it actually came out in nineteen forty. Because he mistaken. was back in Paris when he when he yeah. wrote the piece. Yeah. But I love how in his description of, of the you know it was sort of set up like a challenge, or he was mm-hmm. challenged to write this piece. Yeah. And by his own admission, he downed two glasses of red wine and said, "Okay, let's do it." <laughs> you know? And that was the uh, the beginning of of, yeah. of the piece. Uh, out of curiosity, how does it work now? Like, I know how it works with soloist and orchestra. The guitar you don't think of as necessarily an instrument that can carry over the orchestra. Mm-hmm. When you do that, how do you handle you the difference off. between the, the two? It is a very delicately orchestrated concerto, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. but it was something that Rodrigo himself was very concerned about. Um, yeah. And fun, it was. It's kind of funny. He wasn't actually worried about it until the train ride to the premiere. <laughs> and then the guitar soloist like, Wait said, a minute. I can't sleep. I'm worried I'm going to be drowned out by the orchestra. And Rodrigo was like, <gasps> what if you're drowned out by the orchestra? <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, But it is very delicately orchestrated. And I think that um, some sometimes it is a little bit of a concern. But I think that, you you know... I, you're yeah. sensitive to the challenge. It's definitely a little, a little bit of a different quality than mm-hmm. accompanying a, an, another instrument. Well, but, and okay. I imagine also that's where the conductor comes in. Mm-hmm. I want to take another uh, quick little fundraising break for WGTE, and we're going to come back and talk about uh, mention the, the conductor and also the other music that's on the program by Mozart. We don't want to forget that. And we'll have our guitar quiz still ahead. That's coming up here on Toledo Symphony Lab. Again, you can support public radio right now, whether you are listening to us on the radio or via a podcast. Just give us a call at 866-380-4664. Go online to WGTE.org, or you can use the WGTE app, available for Android and for Apple. And as always, thank you for your support. Okay, and we're back again with Toledo Symphony Lab. I'm Brad Cresswell. Joining me in the studio, Zach Vasser, Merwin Sue, Felicia Canny, our special guest, Pat Appled. little music there in the background. We've been talking about a guitar concert that's happening with the symphony this Saturday at 2 o'clock p.m. at the Valentine Theater. I know this is nowhere near the quality of the Rodrigo concerto we've been talking about. <laughs> it does evoke the but, office yeah, just a yeah. little. It feels like the office, yeah. yes. <laughs> but this is this is our quiz music because we can't have... An episode without a quiz. That's a rule. <laughs> That's what we do here at Toledo Symphony Lab. So I've got a very simple, short little guitar quiz. Which unfortunately means I still won't get any right. And <laughs> I'm going to put it out there. This is multiple choice. Okay. And so when you think you know the answer, you just go ahead and say it. All right. Question number one. Classical guitar belongs to a family of instruments known as what? Is it chordophones, aerophones, or philomonophones? Any guesses? I would Chordophones. say chordophones. Chordophones. Yeah. Chordophones. Chordophones it is. Okay. The word guitar comes from the word, give you three choices. Is it the chitarrone or is it cithara or is it guitarra? I'm going to go A. Chitarrone? No. C. No. C. C. Uh, my guess is B, Brad. Wait, wait. Yeah. Uh, did you say cithara? 
Yeah. Good job. It's like a, the old zither, right? Zithera, yeah. It's yeah. A, a, an old Latin stringed instrument, mm-hmm. right? Chitarrone is just Spanish for theorbo, or, yeah. and uh, guitarra is a German way of saying guitar. I thought you were trying to fool us. <laughs> I was, <laughs> and I succeeded. <laughs> and, I, and I win. <laughs> I won first. Yeah. Actually, I won that point, guys. Yeah. Zach won that one. Everybody won the first one. So far, Zach is ahead. Number ah. three. Many composers composed at the piano, but some often composed at the guitar. Out of the three composers I'm going to give you, two of them composed with the guitar, okay? And you tell me which two. Was it Berlioz, Vivaldi, or Schubert? Those are your three. So pick two of them. I'd say uh, Berlioz and Vivaldi. I'd say Schubert and Vivaldi. (laughs) I'd say Berlioz and Schubert. Everyone but Vivaldi. (laughs) Vivaldi wrote the best guitar concertos, though. How did he not compose with one? I, you know, he didn't compose at the guitar, as far as I know. <laughs> of course, he, play, he composed on the violin. Of, yeah. Um, well, he may have composed on the guitar. I so don't know. I was I didn't right. Look it up. I was no. right. No, it, I could have Berlioz. Been right. Berlioz was a guitarist, you know. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, that that was. I mean, he was not a, really a very good guitarist. He was not a very good instrumentalist at anything. But the guitar was like his most <laughs> his strongest instrument. The oh, closest okay. he could be to adequate. Yeah. And Schubert couldn't afford a piano. So he had a guitar. Wait. Oh, that's the saddest what? story I've ever heard. Yeah. Schubert wrote the most beautiful piano music, though. Yeah, he, he did. He did, but he didn't need the, the... He used the guitar just to pick out notes. So he could test, you know, different notes and things like that. I am baffled. He used to keep a guitar strung, uh, like, on the end of his bed. He used to hang it on the end of his bed. So if he had any ideas, he'd wake up in the middle of the night get up and pluck it out on the guitar. You know, it's easier always... than getting up and going to the piano. It anyway. is. Yeah, or the bathroom. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, he could Thanks, have had Brad. a guitar in the yeah. bathroom. You never know. Well, he was really high strung. Yeah. Oh. Okay. Not even going to acknowledge that one. <laughs> All right, next question. When is National Guitar Day? Is it February 11th, April 11th, or August 11th? Go for it, Zach. Let's do process of elimination. We're going to go for uh, April 11th. Anybody else want to try? I'll take February. Yay! <laughs> Yay! Right February yes, 11th exactly. is National Guitar Day. When is International International Guitar Month? Is it February, April, or August? I'm going to stick to April. Oh, sorry. No, you're right. Oh, hey! How about that? You're right. It seems like I've done that before with you, Zach. You have. Where you got the right answer and I gave you the bad I still think I have a much better uh, track record on this program than you give me credit for. Totally. Okay, here's the last question. Who holds the longest... uh, Who who holds the Guinness World Record for the longest amount of time playing the guitar without stopping? Marathon guitar session. Oh, goodness. Okay, here are your three choices. That would have hurt, I think. Was it David Brown who played the guitar for 114 hours at a pub in Ireland? Is it Roger David who played the guitar for 320 hours at a band shell in Brooklyn? Or was it Brian Rogers who played the guitar for 65 hours in front of Big Ben in London? A, B, or C? Just because it's a Guinness record, I, I feel like the pub in right. Ireland seems entirely appropriate. <laughs> yes. They were all That's traditional right. so- songs. I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah. Getting more traditional by the moment. <laughs> right. To the, the end where it's just like, bing, 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 bing. That counts. Yes. But I mean, do, I feel so sorry for the Guinness guys. I mean, do they have to like stay sober to make sure that they get a proper measurement there? You it's know what I Guinness. mean? It's Guinness. 
I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> and if they're in Ireland, I'm fairly certain they don't. Yeah. Well, I ha- actually have a wonderful student who also takes classical guitar, whose last name was Brown. So I felt that this, I, I felt like the, I was being guided in a yeah, particular David direction. Brown. He, like it's yeah. that's like five days. Yeah. That I just he played didn't nonstop. That's impossible. Don't they, they well, have I mean, to get bathroom breaks or something? Don't no, I, I think we were we, we, all, we predetermined that it's easier to get a guitar than to go to the bathroom. That's where the guitar uh. in the bathroom comes in. <laughs> <laughs> wow, I can't believe we went back to that. Nicely yeah. done, Sue. Yeah. <laughs> Good job. Okay, enough of that music. I was kind of getting to like it. Yeah. <laughs> well, you can have more. You can you can indulge in in the 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 bath of Rodrigo. That doesn't sound. Wow. Right. You can. <laughs> Well, you can hear more guitar at the uh, concert this weekend that we've been talking about. We're actually just about out of time, but I do want to mention uh, the other pieces on the program and and the conductor, the guest conductor. Has he been here before? He has not been here before. Um, He's quite familiar with Alain, and Alain is quite familiar with him. He does some wonderful work in Montreal, and we're very much looking forward to having him come and lead Mozart and Rodrigo. And the Mozart works are, you know, two, you know, almost pillars of his um, compositional output, one from really the very beginning of his career when he was, oh gosh, 17, 17. or something, and then the Anna Klein and Not Music much more towards the end of his career. Yeah. Uh, the beginning of Mozart's career, though, was like when he was eight. <laughs> <laughs> right. I, I would I would go out on a limb and say this was his first great symphony. Absolutely. Um, the, uh, if you've ever watched the movie Amadeus, uh, it, it basically opens the movie. Exactly. And it's, it's, I think it's right as Neville Mariner's name comes up on screen. It's, it's perfectly choreographed, but I, um, I, I loved that moment in that movie and it made me love this symphony and the rest of the symphony beyond those opening chords is still really amazing mm-hmm. yeah. but I'd just like to go on record and say that Eine Klein and Nacht Music was on the very first program of what is known as the Toledo Symphony mm-hmm. 75 years ago so we're waving the flag of history wow. here mm-hmm. in this uh, performance by bringing that back a little night music yeah, yeah a little great. night history well, it should be said that, you know, this program has got three really, really popular, fantastic works. I mean, there's not a, a moment wasted in this program. So, you know, if you're looking for a night of familiarity in the context of hearing it live with you the symphony. You should go in the afternoon. It's the afternoon. Yeah, yeah. It's the afternoon. Yeah. If you're looking for it, you want to try that again there, pal. <laughs> No, I don't want to try it again. Two o'clock is, is afternoon. Two o'clock. I mean, you I know. Mean, maybe in public radio land that's getting up there. Listen, <laughs> when, I, when I used to live in New York and we would sing at the opera bar all night, um, we would talk about getting up at two o'clock in the evening. Okay, so. <laughs> anyway. That's funny. Yeah. You're uh, going to leave that did in? Did you set a Guinness no. World Record? <laughs> <laughs> Red wine record, maybe. <laughs> Maybe a Montepulciano <laughs> record instead of a Guinness record. No, but if you want to have uh, an afternoon of uh, really wonderful, enjoyable, uh, well-known pieces of music uh, in a live context, I always say this, and it can't be stressed enough, that, that hearing music live in an auditorium is uh, head and shoulders above any other listening experience you can possibly imagine. And to have this kind of popular really well-known music performed it's a great opportunity and don't forget it's just happening one time uh this saturday two o'clock in the afternoon at the valentine theater more information we should mention you can uh, call up the symphony at 
419. Uh, oh, Even numbers. You're almost there. 419 something, something, something. 2468. 2468. You can find out more information by calling up the box office at 419 248. Oh. <laughs> it's kind of oh, I haven't written right in front of me. I can't read you know, my, my daughter own. has kindergarten screening later today. I <laughs> <laughs> think I should join her. <laughs> you guys can just sit next to each other. <laughs> just see if I can. She'll cute. whap you upside okay. the head. Cute. Yeah. Let's try it again. As we know, I have like a mental block with this phone number. You do? I don't know why. And I think it's because I've been giving out the pledge phone numbers today. But the number to call for the box office at Toledo Symphony, 419-246-8000. Or you can also... Yay! Thank you. Or you can also go online to uh, ToledoSymphony.com, right? Okay. This program is a production of WGTE Public Media in collaboration with our sponsor, the Toledo Symphony. You can download episodes of our program as a podcast by going to our website at wgte.org slash lab, and you can also subscribe to us through your podcast app of choice, including Apple and Google Podcasts. My thanks to Zach Vassar, Merwin Sue, and Felicia Canny. Also a big thanks to our special guest, Pat Appold, for joining us today. I'm Brad Cresswell. You've been listening to Toledo Symphony Lab from FM 91.